Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name's Alan. And I'm Josh. And it's hot in here. Yeah, it's a little it's, warm. I'm sweating. I have pit stains. Sorry, that's a little TMI, but it just happens. Uh, today, uh, you guys might be wondering, today's supposed to be Cody Huntsman Part 2, but it's not going to happen today. Unf- not unfortunately. Cody has a wedding shower today, so shout out to Cody and Bree. They're getting married uh, in October, but today's their wedding shower and Cody's family lives in Kentucky, so they came to morning service today and wanted to spend time with Cody. And so we completely understand that, that he needs to spend time with his family, especially because, you know, he's getting ready to, uh, I was getting ready to say give his life away, but that's probably not the best analogy. He's getting ready to be married, and today's going to be a fun day for him and Bree. And uh, so we're super excited that we get to celebrate that with them. Um, but today, uh, at some point, we will talk about spiritual gifts, but man, I, I think we need to talk about this. So let me tell this story, and then this will probably open up a good area of conversation. Um, Christianity in this day and age is like a playground, and you might be listening to this, and you're like, what in the world, right? The thing about a, a playground is there's so many different things to go to, right? There's a teeter-totter, there's monkey bars, there's this over here, and... It's all different, but everybody's like, but it's the same playground. And you, if you're listening to this and you're like, Hunter, what do you mean? I'm saying this. A lot of people are doing way different things than what Scripture teaches, but yet they're like, we're all Christians and we're all in the same playground. And I feel like it, it, people need to speak out in this day and age and say, no, we're not. Like, a lot of people say they love Jesus, but they don't. I mean, a, a lot of people like, you know, when you look at first John, it talks about, you know, the spirit that confesses Jesus is true, but the one that doesn't isn't. And it's kind of like this week I watched a video on YouTube of uh, a couple and they were kind of going through some modern day, you know, non-doctrines, false teachings. And literally they're talking about Bethel church, which we've talked about that on here before. Bill Johnson's their pastor. And man, they just teach like the most, absurd things that I've ever heard and that all comes from the Toronto Blessing and the new uh, Apostolic Reformation Um, I mean you got Benny Hinn you got Todd Bentley the guy that kicked people in the face Uh, you got Daniel uh, uh, it's like Caruso or something like that he's Russian but it's kind of like this thing of there's about 500 plus men that claim to be apostles and they have this power now, what's funny is here recently, Bethel denied being a part of that, but Bill Johnson definitely is on their apostle list. So he's in it no matter how much he lies. And the reason they did that is because everybody is getting crazy. They're getting into some weird stuff that I feel like, if anything, the Corinthian church may have dealt with, the pagan worship. But if anything, it reminds me of just straight witchcraft. I, I mean, like, weird stuff. And I, here's an example. This week, Bethel has this thing. Feel free to go look this up yourself. We're not making it up. They call it a tunnel of fire, the fire tunnel. So what it is is they line up a lot of people from their church in this tunnel like you would run through in a sports game. And as you walk through it, you know, people are, like, touching you, praying on you, and... They teach this thing that once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you experience an ecstatic 
taking over of the Holy Spirit, which really just looks like you're being electrocuted. So they're walking through this. They're being, they act like they're electrocuted. They're screaming out. They're act, barking like dogs. And this week, I saw a video that I guess is new from one of their meetings where a dude is literally walking around with a puppet on his hand saying, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And he headbutts him with this stupid puppet. So he's like, I'm anointing people with this puppet. And what's funny is Bethel sells this puppet for $100. And they talk about how this puppet is a great representation and possession of what Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit represents. Can you shoot that link to me? I'll show it to you. It's a puppet in a barrel. I'm not kidding. His name's like Benny the Puppet. It's, it's weird. But here's the other thing that I haven't told you two yet. In the same video with Puppet Man walking around, a guy comes out of the fire tunnel and a guy who feels led by the Holy Spirit runs up to this man and starts biting his neck like a vampire. I'll punch you in your mouth. To the, listen, listen, to the point where the guy that's being bitten is laughing and shaking, and they fall on the ground, and it literally looks like home dude sucking on his neck. Yeah, it'd be on. And I'd, they I'd, said, I'd punch him in listen, <laughs> they said that this was the Holy Spirit of God revealing himself. Well. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. You're telling me the Holy Spirit is a part of this. Now, one thing that they also teach is that you can be drunk in the Holy Spirit. But I think Peter pretty much deletes that because in Acts 2, they're like, these men are drunk of new wine. And Peter's like, no, they're not. They're filled with the Spirit. So he says they're not drunk. They're filled with the Spirit. And they teach you can be drunk in the Spirit, which is also the most dumbest thing I've ever heard. So here's the problem. We have a bunch of 20-year-olds following a pastor who identifies as a revivalist led by God but yet, this is the same man in an interview was asked, why do you not talk about the gospel? And his response was, we don't have enough airtime." Let that sit for so a if second. You, if, you've got a, if you feel like you need to cut something out, just feel free to cut the gospel out. And we'll, 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 we'll heap on ourselves teachers having itching ears and telling folks what draws the biggest crowd. Well, absolutely. But the other thing is, Alan is they say that we should not confine God in a box in his word. He can do things outside of it. And I'm pretty sure Jesus like said, not a jot or tittle will pass away right. until my, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, yep. But here's the thing though is, and, and I'll say this, I know churches in this area that use the same phrase of you put God in a box. Don't put God in a box. Guys, listen to this. Quit saying People are putting God in a box that are truly following the word of God because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come in his name. Nowhere in scripture do we read about ecstatic electricity from the Holy Spirit. Nowhere. That started in the probably like 2090s at the Toronto Blessing. A man taught that and it started there. So if it didn't start in the days of the Bible, why are we doing it? But the other issue is some people are like, well, Hunter, we can fall out in the Spirit and be slain. Okay, find that somewhere and tell me. So the number one thing is people are like, well, Hunter, uh, Moses fell in God's presence. Yeah, but Moses didn't pass out. He literally fell in reverence to God's spirit. And they'll always pull these scriptures out about pe people who fell over like they're dead. 
Listen, they didn't fall over to receive some revelation or manifestation of God. They fell in reverence to His holiness. It's like when we bow on our knees before Him in prayer to show reverence. They fell on their faces because His presence was right there. We do the same thing. So then they're like, okay, well, the Holy Spirit's here, though, Hunter. God's presence is here. And if someone falls out in the Spirit, then that's of God, and they're going to receive new revelation. Where in the world is that taught? Please, show me. Okay, some people are like, well, what about the Roman soldiers that when they came to arrest Jesus, he said one word, and they all fell over. They, they were slain in the Spirit. No, they weren't. Guys, People teach that you have to be slain, you have to be a Christian to be slain in the Spirit, and these Romans were not Christians. Jesus had enough power and authority in his voice alone that when he spoke, there was enough power that they fell back and got back up, and they still arrested him and put him on the cross. So they're not believers. So then people are like, well, Hunter, you can't can't limit the Holy Spirit. If God leads my heart to do this, then I'm going to do it because you can't tell me what God's telling me. You're right, but God's word can surely show us how he speaks to us. If God tells you to do something outside of his word, that's not God. Right. If the Holy Spirit's telling you to start barking like a dog and start biting people in the neck, that's not in scripture. That's not the Holy Spirit. And 1 John chapter 4 is very strict that we should not believe every spirit. Why? Because not every spirit that is in the presence of humankind is of God. People have to realize that there are evil, evil spirits. People have to realize that people practice dark magic and satanic practices. People are like, well, but only God can give power. My friends, the Bible talks about that Satan and his followers, they can appear as ministers of light. People forget that in Revelations that the Antichrist will show up and do like signs trying to bring people to him. My friends, there is an evil force that can possess people and influence people and get them to practice dark spirituality and dark powers because of their master who is Satan. Jezebel, right? We talk about the spirit of Jezebel, the evilness, legion, right? He was made to cut himself. Guys, evil is everywhere, but when 1 John chapter 4 says, do not believe every spirit, then we need to understand that this is the inspired word of God, and I'm not going to believe every spirit. I'm not going to believe every person. First, uh, First Thessalonians towards the end actually says, do not despise prosperity prophecy but test that which is good and hold on to it exactly so we have to test what people say but we have to test what people do because we will find out whether they are truly led by the spirit of god or not now josh shared a story about a woman at bethel church in austin josh can you share that with our listeners please she was speaking on prophecy and um she was talking about that we can still prophesy today and she concluded, um, it's a short video, the one I've seen, but in the conclusion of it, she said that, you know, to sit in quiet and almost in prayer form to wait to hear from a prophetic word from God. And then, uh, and she says, and if, you know, so it's, it's kind of quiet. And then she's like, if you have not got a word, make one up. <laughs> and uh, I was like, make one up. I was like, well, if it's a prophetic word from God, you know, you're, you're not hearing, so you're going to let God know what you've heard. 
And then she said, and also in that video clip, she said that it's okay to be, miss it, to be wrong with your prophetic vision. So she's like, you're not going to be right 100% of the time. But if the prophetic word is from God, and that's where we received it, would it not be 100% accurate Absolutely. all the time? <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, and I was sitting there and I was watching it. And the one thing that came to my mind was, you know, it's feeding the flesh. Yep. You know that this was this was her stage. This was her platform. Itching and she ears. She is a performer. Itching ears. Yes. is what's going she's, on. She's a performer, and there's you know hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the audience that are taking this in and listening to it. But the message being taught is not out of God. It's of self. You know, you can do this. You have the power. God's given you the power. the The message that the scripture that she read um, was out of context. You know, so <laughs> it's it had absolutely nothing to do in the contextual form that she was speaking of. And but, you know, she was she had a whole performance. And like I said, there was thousands, you know, in the audience, you know, applauding her. And if God don't help you out, you can kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Feel free to connect the dots on your own. And it all and it goes it even goes to show Benny Hens at a crusade, which man, if you follow Benny Hinn and you listen to this, you should know that like we don't support him at all. They call him the father of ministry, the man of God, all this junk, and it's far from it. But one time, he was doing a healing, and, you know, he's smacking people, pushing people over, but he cast his helpers, the catchers, right? They fell down. He's like, I tell you to fall down, and they fall down. So, all of a sudden, about five minutes come by, and the catchers are getting back up to do their jobs that they're paid to do, and Benny Hinn turns around, and he said, did I tell you to get up in the name of Jesus? I tell you to go down. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Does the Holy Spirit lead us or do we lead it? Because Benny Hinn in that statement, blasphemy and heresy, because he said, did I tell you to get up? So if that was truly led by the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it be, did God tell them to get up? But yet here's Benny Hinn saying, did I... So, my friends, he is substituting himself in the place of God and trying to command the Holy Spirit to do what he wants. You can go back and look what that cost Moses. And I'm telling you, it's one of those things that the reality is everybody's like, we're all on the same ground. It's the same playground, Hunter. It's the same playground. It's the same, It's just different things. It's not at all. It's not. We are not on the same ground. We are not in the same area. And for those that don't know, and again, it's probably not fair for me to assume that everybody knows what I'm talking about, but when Moses was leading the children of Israel through the desert, and uh, God would tell them what to do, and, and Moses would follow God's instructions. And through that process, uh, evidently the fleshly side of Moses got to being a little lifted up, and the children of Israel being grateful, and God told him to, to speak to the rock, and water would come forth, and Instead of speaking to the rock, he says, how long have I got to listen to you bunch of ungrateful people? And how long have I got to take care of you? Acting like it was all Moses. Right. When actually God was working through Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, he smote the rock. And because of that, he didn't get to go into the kingdom, the land of Canaan. Yep, he made it about himself. I mean, God's pretty serious about not trying to substitute yourself for him. And here's a lot of people are like, well, if God did those things in the Old Testament, why is he not doing that now? Just wait. 
Oh, yeah. He said to the Pharisees at one point that their judgment would be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. There's no shadow of turning in him. And so here's no the thing. Variables. And that's true. <laughs> and so one of these days, even though they may not receive it on this side, which I, I'm sure, I'm sure they're getting what they deserve. He is the God that avenges. One day, they're going to stand before God and say, God, we cast demons out. We healed people. We did all of these things in your name. Depart from me. Yeah, I, ne- I, I never knew you. And here's the thing. All of their accomplishments that they have done for themselves will equal nothing than the pits of hell. And you're listen- you might be listening to me like, yo, <laughs> that's stout. Why can you say that? That's reality, my friend. And I'm not here trying to be cocky and say that this person's going to hell. But here's the thing. Benny Hinn has had plenty of people call out to him and say, brother, you need to repent. You know what you're doing is wrong. You know you've been cheating on your wife and you've been caught sleeping with other people and yet you still say you're a man of God. You need to repent and you need to be saved. And people have done that for years and years and years and years. And it's like you all heard today. They suppress that truth. And they turn away from it. And their results will be, what? Hell. And that's the reality. And so when John says, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world, what does that mean? It means what it says, guys. Listen to what people say. Test what people say. And determine and discern whether they are from God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And if John's saying this in about 90 AD, mm-hmm. here we are in 2021. Oh my gosh, if false prophets were going out then, imagine now. It's multiplied, tripled, quadrupled. You, can, I mean, just keep going. And this is the thing. False teachers appear in sheep's clothing, but they're wolves inside. They want to devour People, it's, you know, like this morning I talked about, you know, the Pharisees, they devoured widows' houses. So do false teachers. They're religious, they're blind, and they will literally devour you up to what? Take your stuff, take your money, and build themselves up. I mean, what, three weeks ago, what did Stephen Furtick say? I am Almighty God. I am Almighty God. And if that don't show you enough that that man right there is not preaching Scripture and preaching the Gospel, then I don't know what else to tell you and... I'm I'm afraid you might be blind because if you're willing, listen. In uh, Matthew chapter 23, Jesus calls the Pharisee fools, hypocrites, and blind gods. If you're willing to follow a blind god and he falls off a cliff, you're going to fall off with him. And the reason we talk about this is because my friend, it needs to. These things need to be said. These things need to be talked about because here's the thing: Bethel and Elevation Church have the biggest worship bands. And everybody hears their songs, and I don't know, like Elevation, like they put out very biblical songs. And everybody's like, well, they're biblical. We can we can grab a hold of that and not the preacher. No, you pay for those. You pay for that CCL. I think that's what it's called. You have to pay for that license in order to sing that song in your church. That money's not going towards the worship group, my friends. That's patting Stephen Furtick's wallet and his salary every year. And I'm telling you this. You can't take one and not take it all. You can't be affected by just one thing. You can't just have half. The Bible says we need to be separate. The Bible says we need to be ambassadors. We're a peculiar people. And I'm telling you this. And you might be sitting here and you're like, Hunter, do you have music on your phone from Elevation? There's probably a couple songs. But do you know what I've learned? And I've seen after this Stephen Furtick, I'm Almighty God proclamation. I need to go on my phone and clean out some music. Why? 
because they support him. They amen him. And elevation's not even as bad as Bethel. They got puppets. You want to be anointed? Just come up here and Mickey Mouse will, you know, punch in, headbutting people. Holy Spirit. And they'd fall over. And I'm literally like, Christian, people have turned Christianity into some sort of playground where you pick where you want to go, but it's all good. That is all entertainment. That's what, yes. it's, that's what it's become. It's been, it's an entertainment. It's a, you know, and, and they've realized that there's, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar or million dollar industry that they have, they can tap into. And the thing is, is that because they put the label on it Christian and they know it's going to sell stuff. But the thing about it is there's a lot of Christian music. There's a lot of Christian, you know, movies or, you know, themes stuff that is very much secular minded. I mean, there's Christian worship songs or what they label as Christian worship songs that um, could easily you can put in the place of a child, a object, your home, you know, your wife or spouse, somebody, because it doesn't mention anything about Christ, the cross, blood, God, nothing. It's, you know, it could be very easily secularized. Um, and like I says, a lot of those, you know, the, the TV evangelists and those ones that are out there, it is an entertainment source. But the, the stuff that we see that they are doing, it, they find a group of people and they lure them in. It's easier to tell somebody you can make your life however you want to be, you know, because you are a God or you are, than to say this is the law of God and you should live by this standard. It's a lot easier to say, you know, well, do the best you can, you know, build yourself up. You got the power, you got the strength, you got the prophetic words, you got the healing touch. And it appeals to people's pride, egos, and they are like, yes, you know, so they are drawn to it. But the thing about it is a lot of them are leaving out the Word of God. And then we, as Christians, that's why... I'm going to go off on a little tangent real here. That's why, as a Christian, we are to be different. We should not partake in the same music, the same movies, the same foul language, mm. the same foul jokes, yeah. and sit around in the same bars that they do and say that we're a Christian because the world is watching us. And if that's what we're portraying and we're sitting there watching the same R-rated movie that's coming out that has murder, has homosexuality, has you know demons, beasts, witchcraft, and we're saying we are a child of God, the thing about about it is is that the gospel message truly has not reached our heart because if it had we would turn from that wickedness and we would not be tolerant of it it matters it matters how we represent ourselves yes. and how we represent christ because we've got yep. uh, an entire book of instructions yes. that if we uh, know him we can base our behavior our conduct our relationships our work all over every decision that we'll make there's an answer for that in god's word we just have to yep. read it, know it, study it, and apply it. And here's the thing. If you're a Christian, quit watching that stuff. Yes. <laughs> Please. Turn Be it off. Because, hey, here, here's something. Let's talk about this. A lot of people don't realize, and, uh, and, and I, I want to talk about this, too. A lot of people don't realize the effects of, and this is something that uh, I've learned. This is things that I've heard men talk about, and a lot of this isn't my own information, but I, I want to talk about this. A lot of people, here's a good example. A lot of people don't realize the effects of pornography. And I know a lot of people are listening to this and are like, oh, 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 he just said that. Yeah, I said it. And this is the example. Just like the TV show. See, when you get tied up in pornographic videos, you see them, you watch them. 
But here's the thing. You don't have to go on the internet. You can just get an R-rated movie this day and age. You yeah. can go get that book from the store. It's all there. It's all pornographic. But here's the thing. You are exposed to that to the point where the companies that sell the books, the videos, the movies, all of this stuff, uh, they understand that they are creating a fictional fantasy that wants to lead you, guide you, and direct you. And so what happens is men, right? Men watch this stuff, women watch this stuff, and all of a sudden they get to the point where they're like, okay, you know, oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. But that fantasy leaks into their reality because everybody wants to run away and seek some sort of fantasy. But when you are affected by it so much, that fantasy starts becoming your reality where now you have men wanting to sleep with other men's wives. You have men wanting to cheat on their wives. You have women wanting to go out and sleep with all sorts of men they want. Why? Because the fantasy has now leaked into the reality. And that is the results of pornography. Because what happens is they create a fictional moment that can never actually happen in real life. And they give people a taste and it affects their lives. Now, you might be listening to this and you might be like, okay... What, why do you randomly bring that up? Because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, porn's bad. I don't want to watch that. Or I don't read those books. Or I, I don't. Okay, but if you watch an R-rated movie that has cursing, drugs, alcohol, sexual cases, that stuff will bleed into your brain. Yes. Create, Desensitize you the way you view it. Create memories, but also create a place of fantasy that will eventually leak into your reality. Yes. Now, you know, when I was a young boy at school, I had a lot of friends that did a lot more other things than I did. Now, growing up, I was in some bad situations at the wrong time where I saw things that they're in my mind, right? But those things right there don't go away because you are in your flesh. And so when you are stained your memory is affected, and now you want to fantasize, don't be surprised when your life flips upside down because you won't quit watching that junk. Whether it's porn, an R-rated movie, a a book about Fabio and Lindy who met on an island and he was shirtless, or a video game, or watching a Hardy's commercial. I mean, come on now. Those are almost X-rated anymore. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's filth. It's, it's just straight filth. But see, a lot of people talk about the extreme. They're like, "Well, I don't do this, and I don't do this," and that's why you know I talked about because I went to a conference once, and this guy got up and he started preaching about the effects of pornography on a man, and he goes through the scenario and he explains all the science, and there's Christian men everywhere, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Whoa!" So not only does this affect our lives. But then the guy's like, everything else you do will affect you if you don't stop. And let the knowledge that was in Christ, the mind that was in Christ, renew no. you, like Romans 12 says. And so, my friends, if you watch R-rated movies, maybe you're like, I don't do the the heavy stuff, Hunter. Let me tell you this. Anything that you put in your brain is heavy. That's why David said, I will let no wicked thing before yep. mine eye, because he knew he struggled. 
You have got to remove those things before fantasy becomes reality and you are captivated and brought into a place, as Romans 6 says, where you let sin reign over your mortal body, what you have. And the concept of adultery, and again, when you when you look at the Mosaic law, oh, gracious, don't don't commit adultery. And that was one of those big ones. That's the, the Baptist biggies, the adultery is one of them. But Jesus takes it a step farther and says, if you look, look a lady them, yes. and lust on her, yes. you're guilty in your heart. Mm-hmm. But... So as we as we as we go through this concept, and people are are are, are maybe saying, "Man, you guys are harsh." Listen, it matters. Yes, it matters how you conduct yourself. It matters what you allow into your body, into your mind, into your thought process, because that in turn affects yeah. trash in, trash out. I well, mean, you, if you if you if you take trash into your mind, there's trash going to come out of your behavior. Absolutely. And the thing is, too, like with with so you know we we're we're talking about you know like pornification and also the R-rated movies. The thing about it is, is that when you have they they sell it and promote it as objects, the women are never viewed as a wife, as a daughter, as a spouse. They view it as an object. The same with the men. He's never in the manly role. The thing about it is, so then what happens is that people become complacent if you will, in a relationship, it becomes stagnant, stale for just a brief moment. We go through seasons in our lives, and that is in our marriage, that is in our walk with God. I mean, that that is in our reading time, our prayer time, our work career. Everything is in seasons. You're going to have highs and lows. Absolutely. And what happens is, is that because of this industry that has came into it, and it's a secret. What it is is a secret of sin because it's not a sin that's out there openly. Everybody does it in their quiet time and when they're, they're alone. So it's very – and you can't sit there and look at somebody and be like, oh, you are. You know, an alcoholic's easy to point out. You know, they're stumbling around themselves drunk. It's like you, you're, not, you're an alcoholic or, you know, you're a drunkard. The thing is, though, with this sin, it can be done in secrecy. You know, and with today's technology, there's things that are there that, you know, it's instantaneous. You know, the Hardy's commercial. It's now so becoming such a standard across in every form. Video games have it. You know, it's being exposed, like I said, even on the commercial side. So what has happened, though, is it is a deterioration of what it truly means to be in a relationship with a woman. True. You know, because they are sexualizing everything. The sexual part of a relationship between a husband and a wife is minimum when it comes to it because it's two becoming one. And that is a bondage, you know, to be mentally prepared for each other, have the same heart, have the same heart for God, you know, to pray together, to study together, to read together. And what it does is it makes it an object to where men view women differently. Absolutely. So then when they're walking down the street, that's why you have all these guys that are out there catcalling and everything else is because they view women as an object. Yep. And they do. <laughs> and it's it, it, it sickening. And the thing about it is, is, is as Christian believers, we have to take a stand. And, and to rightfully, you know, I mean, if we know a brother is struggling with this, we have to help them and call them, you know, and say, hey, you know, because it's no different than any other sin. But however, it is a sin that goes unspoken about because it's stunned in such a secretive spot. It's all a tactic of Satan. He, Absolutely. He's so, he's so efficient, and we allow him to uh, into our lives in the most intimate places to where that he can absolutely uh, train wreck us yep. because uh, the folks that are out there that are pursuing that, 
and there maybe they it's it's in a, a, a video or, or something now they're physically out there trying to pursue a, a person or a, you know, the news gonna wear off yep they're gonna be empty yep and they're going to be chasing again. Something newer. Yeah, something to, doing, something get, different. Yep. A different challenge. A different. That line know, is getting pushed. It's pushing it farther and farther yep. and farther. And it's not, it's not obtainable. It'll never satisfy. And it'll always be that void yep. that yep. only Christ can fill. Can fill. Yes. And, man, and people don't realize, and I know maybe this specific topic is uncomfortable, but, I mean, music, books, we, I mean, we've covered it, yep. it. But people don't realize, guys. I, I didn't realize the music I listened to back then or the movies I watched would have such an effect on my human flawed mind until now I'm in my 20s and I see I reap what I sow. Yep. But here's the beautiful thing for the Christian is you don't have to be stuck like that. You know, uh, you can even get in the Bible where it says to bring imaginations, bring them into captivity, bring those imaginations down those strongholds, what, in obedience to Christ. So if you'll be willing to identify and confess that your fantasy and your imagination and your sins are strong and your urges are strong and you'll be willing to take those steps to get away from those things, yeah. I promise you this, Christ will change you. Christ will help you. He will put you in that process of sanctification. He will help your mind be renewed, but you have to be willing to get away from those things. And you don't understand, and I'll say this again, you don't understand the effects until it's too late. Or God brings it to your attention through conviction. Now, talking about these things, you might be like, well, how in the world does this tie into what you all were talking about? Entertainment. Yes. That Those things are in, worldly versions of entertainment. But look at the, the spiritualism of entertainment. So a lot of people that get stuck in movements like what Bethel's doing, like they, they attract 20-year-olds, young people who don't know what they're going to do with their lives, and bring them out there and tell them they can be God and be this and be this. And these new apostolic reformation things, they get a hold of young people, they study demographics to figure out where they'll do, succeed. But here's the thing. They're creating a fantasy. They're creating this uh, a realm of spiritual and witchcraft that you can do all these things. But here's the thing. Those young people, their brains are being so affected that fantasy is now becoming reality. The same thing with the people that are addicted to stuff is the same thing that's happening in these churches. They are taking advantage of uh, adult entertainment and these things and these things, and they are brainwashing generations to follow God, but they're really not following God. They're trying to do a counterfeit thing, kind of like Simon the Magician in Acts chapter 8. And my friends, you have to understand that this playground of Christianity it's not on the same ground. It's like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about religious people that love systems and laws. They're like over here where the monkey bars are. Yep. And then you got your spiritual, you know, atmosphere over here. Then you got your mythological, you know, all these things. So you got, But then you have your Bible-believing Christians that are just like chilling on the slide. Now, there's a huge difference between all those groups. Now, while they might be near each other, they're not on the same ground. They're not in the same area. And that's the analogy of the Christian playground with the reality of what's going on in this time and in this day is we are, oh my, it's like a monsoon it outside. Just, the bottom just fell out of it. Absolutely. All but, of a sudden. But we have to understand, friends, that we have to know these things and be sensitive to the way that false teachers are trying to mislead us, but also this other area that Josh wonderfully took us into 
is we need we need to be sensitive to what Satan is trying to lead us into. And you might be listening to this and you're like, I'm not giving up my movies. Just not doing it. Not giving up my books. Hunter, I'm not putting these things on my internet. Okay. Keep doing that and tell me how miserable your life continues to be. Empty. Because of what Josh just said. The world, listen, Satan knows that if he can create a, a void, well, the void's already there in people, but if he knows that if he can try to make substitutes that will fill the void and give people pleasure, they'll keep pursuing it and never fully be full. Why? Because he knows what he's doing. Demons know what they're doing. Evil spirits know what they're doing. They're trying to take people away from God and into worldly passion and worldly sins. And guys, you need to realize that we need to be sensitive to these false prophets, but we need to be sensitive to sin and to the enemy, Satan himself, because he's been doing it from the beginning. That fruit looks good over there, don't it? Mm. You see that over there? Why don't you just go get you some? God will be, you'll be forgiven. You're good. He did it to Eve. Surely you won't die. Yeah, now he's doing it now. He's afraid you'll know what he knows. Hey, you, why, don't you, why don't you go talk to that lady over there? Why don't you just comfort her? Hey, David, look over on the rooftop. Yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, it, yeah. things line up. Now, here's the thing. And, and this, this might get a little dicey, but hear me out. When people make mistakes, like... You know, they go sleep with multiple women, leave their wife, and they live in this state, and they do this, or, you know, they go out and do this, and do this, and do this, and do this, and then they're like, but God will forgive me. You're right. If you are a Christian that has put their faith in Jesus Christ, you live in a state of forgiveness, because his blood was significant and sufficient enough to cleanse you of past, present, and future sins. So you're always living in a, few, in a state of forgiveness. He just wants you to confess. But everybody's like, well, I'm forgiven. I'm good. But let me ask you another question. Is God going to change his word just for your circumstance? No. So when we make... Can we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That's what I'm saying. So when we get into these circumstances, we have to understand that, yes, we are forgiven. But here's the thing. If results and ripples come from our decisions, we still have to live with them. We still have to acknowledge who we are. And we are forgiven. And praise God, one day we're going to stand in heaven. None of that's going to be around us anymore. We'll be clean. We'll never have to experience sin again. But while we're on this side of eternity, you have to understand, you are forgiven. But if a mess comes from your decision, you might have to walk in that. You might have to walk through that mud. You might have to reap what you sow. Now, can God help you? Absolutely. Can he bring you out of that? Absolutely. But you know what it's going to take? A lot of surrenderance, a lot of confession, and a lot of acknowledgement towards him. But you know how you can avoid all that? Quit watching junk. Mm -hmm. Quit participating in awful things. Quit going to the bar on Friday night and hiding yourself quit going to the club to go dance with men and women quit messaging women or men secretly behind your spouse quit talking to that woman that has a husband quit doing that junk and come to god ask for the forgiveness confess those things and then guess what get up and change because here's a lot of time this is what happens and i I thought this when i was a teenager i thought that if i came to the altar and prayed that I would get up and God would take care of everything. Everything's good. I'll go home. I'm never going to struggle with this again. That's not true. God calls us to confess. But here's the other part. And I think 
I wasn't here this morning. I think Pastor talked about this. God calls us to confess. But here's the other part. He also calls us to do some stuff. He calls us to remove those things that easily beset us. He calls us, right, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. He might call you to delete all social media so your relationship with God can prosper. He might call you to put blockers on your phone, and you're like, what do you mean call? I'm talking about through the power of conviction. Pray at that altar. Confess those sins. But then when Monday comes, do different than how you've been doing. Because if you don't, that fantasy is going to remain. That tradition that pattern's going to remain and here's the beautiful part maybe you listen to this and you're like hunter man i've been listening to these elevation beth and man they've confused me so much quit listening to them maybe you're listening to this and you're like well guys uh alan josh hunter i've been reading them books and i don't know what to do now quit watching them get rid of them throw them in the trash find accountability in your church and i promise you god is with you and he won't leave you but it's going to take some effort. Hey, if you're married, find accountability in your spouse. Yes. Yes. That's the key. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That, that and trust, if you have something that you need to confess to that, your spouse, open it up. and That trust needs to absolutely. start there before it starts in church. Absolutely. It needs to start with your spouse. Amen. Yes. And a lot of people talk about, too, like Romans eight twenty, all things work together for the good for those who love him according to his purpose. Yes, I, I get that. But, my friends, we have to understand this. We have to love God for that to be true. And even if we love God and things get bad, he's not going to throw you to the side. Well, he's going to continue with you. Now, here's the thing. He might have to come beside you and walk through some mud with you. What 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 did, what did he say in one, one of those chapters of Isaiah? When you walk through the waters, I'm with you. When the fire comes and you have to go through, I'm with you. He's there. We're going to have to walk through it. But what I love about Romans 8.28 we know that, that God causes all things to work together for the good, to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. My friends, God can work all things together for the good, but you're going to have to love Him. And do you know what Jesus said? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love God, you'll be willing to get rid of them books. If you truly love God, you'll be willing to let somebody come in and put something on your phone. If you love God truly, you'll quit going to them clubs, you'll quit talking to that woman, you'll quit talking to that man, and you will surrender completely to him. Now, again, Alan said this. You might be listening and be like, man, y'all are hard, man. No, 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 no. We are three men who have had a lot of experiences in life, good and bad, and because of some decisions that we probably, all three of us made in our youth, were affected by today. So one, we have experience to talk about these things. But number two... We love you, and we want you to stop now. Because if you listen to this and you're 20, 30, 40, 50, you never know when you're going to die. But think about this. If you've wasted five years, how about you focus for 50 more years? Stop now before it's too late. And you're thinking, Hunter, but I'm saved. It ain't too late for me. I'm going to heaven. You are right. But can I tell you something? When you stand before Christ one day, do you want to earn rewards? Do you want him to recognize all of your things as true obedience, or do you want everything to be wood, hay, wheat, and stubble? Or, what if you get before God one day, and you just haven't done anything, and you get into heaven by the skin of your teeth? Man, I don't want to. I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and it be like that. And I'm sure, listener, you don't want to get to that point either.
Now, we love you all deeply. And I'm going to say this again. I encourage you, if you're listening to some of these false teaching churches, please quit. For the benefit of you and your family, quit. It's not good. Please stop. Because if a blind guide walks off a cliff and you follow him, you're going. It's like that one guy. What's his name? Uh, He started a cult and then tried to get everybody, the whole cult, to kill themselves. Probably the 90s. I can't. The, the one that drank all the Kool Aid. Yeah, was he not the one Jim that Jones? Jim yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, Jim Jones. It, yeah. Is he not the one that like had this mass following and then drank the Kool Aid? Yeah, he drank the Kool Aid. Don't, don't drink the Kool Aid. And yeah. then he tried to get everybody to like kill themselves. With hey, the yeah. with the Kool Aid. <laughs> quit following. <laughs> listen, quit following these Kool Aid drinking guys. <laughs> quit. I mean, it's. Oh, hey, I mean, we listen. I'm not saying they're cults, but. <laughs> Hey, you. Uh, Beth was getting close to a cult, dude. I'm telling you, it's scary what they're doing. I don't want. It. Now, from now on, when I see a puppet in a church, I'm gonna get nervous. Scarred. Like I'm gonna have Scarred to for life. Like I'm gonna have to punch, <laughs> rip that puppet in Bible, half. Bible school will never be the same. No, it won't be. And here, and like, and I, and I know today that you know our spiritual gift was the showing of mercy. Well, here's the reality. I, I'd like to read this text, and I, I'm totally not in it. So it's gonna take me a second to get there. Guys, can I share a fun fact with you? Go ahead. So, and this is going to sound kind of silly, but for the first time in my life, I actually have all the New Testament books memorized in order. When I was a kid, see, a lot of people, you know, they talk about, I- I'm just doing this to stall while I'm turning. See, a lot of people are like, uh, they see, Haley was talking to me a few weeks ago, and she's like, I know the song. I was like, what song? So she starts singing the song about all the Bible. I was like... I guess I didn't pay attention or nobody taught me that. So I've just read the Bible and never really. And so she was quizzing me in the car yesterday. And I told her, I was like, I feel like I've accomplished something I should have at like 10, but it still feels good. So <laughs> good for you. Leonard. Hey, you know what? I'm trying. Now, let me say this. The Old Testament, dude, I can get through the main parts. But when you hit like the 12 minor prophets, I cannot say them in order to save my life. I might get all 12 of them out. But when you got like a Habakkuk and you got an Obadiah and you got a Nahum and you got... Dude, they tripped me up. But okay, I'm here now. Sorry, that was just a side story. Uh, So, hey, I, I want to read this. And this is in Jude. So this is Jude, the guy that's exposing these false teachers. But he says this. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who eternal life. Verse 22. Have mercy on some who are doubting. This is talking about the people affected by false teachers and false teachers himself. Look here in 23. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Save those people that are doubting because of false teachers. Try to save those who are being misled by false teachers. And then you know what? Ultimately in 23, have mercy with fear. Hesitation, sensitivity to the false teachers themselves. Why? Because they need the blood of Jesus on their behalf just as much as anyone else. And that spiritual gift of Showing mercy. Here's the thing. We have an opportunity to show mercy to these people that are suffering, that are going through hard times, even where we might come beside them. Maybe it's not even like they're being misled by false teaching. Maybe they're having a hard time with money or their house. or these. We have opportunities that we can show mercy, but what I love about Jude is that's what he's calling the Christians to do. He's like, try to help them. Yep. Show mercy on them. Show, show favor towards them, but be careful. Don't, don't fall in yourself. But Christian, let's listen to this. Maybe you know somebody that's being misled by false teaching. Or maybe you know somebody that's being misled 
by worldly pleasure and entertainment. Do you know what you can do? Go show some mercy on them. Go have mercy on them. Tell them you're there to help them. Tell them you're there to love them. It's like, you know, I have friends, right, that I've seen make dumb decisions. I've, I've been there. I've made dumb decisions. People saw me. Now, as much as I want to go up to him and say, you dummy, let me, you know, let me get the, uh, let me pull a Moses real quick and hit you with a staff. You know what I'm saying? I can't do that because we're called to love others as we would want to be loved. And I'll tell you this, I've had that person come up to me and say, brother, I, we, I know what you're going through. Or I've had that person come up to me and say, hey, I know what you've been doing. But instead of rebuking me and absolutely dragging me across the floor, you know what they said? I love you. And I'm here. Let's do this together. And we need to do that for others. And so if you're listening to this, show mercy towards these people that are misled. Show mercy towards these people who are absolutely living in a fantasy and they're not even in this realm, in this reality. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mm-hmm. We all want to obtain mercy. Right? And I used this example uh, in Sunday school a couple of weeks ago. Me and my brother used to play mercy. I don't know if this is a maybe past some of you guys' years, but what you do is you hold your hands up, you spread your fingers, right? Mm-hmm. You interlock them, then you turn your hands upside down, and whoever can gain the momentum strength-wise will bend the other one's yeah. fingers backwards, and you just keep wrenching, and you keep pulling until the other one says, Mercy. 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 Now, you have that point. You could say, okay, and stop applying pressure, or you can ratchet it up another notch or two and make them get on their tiptoes and, you know. Uncle. But, <laughs> Uncle. Mercy. Right. Uh, please so, quit. Please. When, when, it comes to, when it comes to showing mercy, it's basically giving to someone what they don't really deserve. Yeah. Which we receive. It's the same with <laughs> same concept. So the Bible says that if you give if if you're merciful, you will obtain mercy. And uh, I tell you what, uh one of the most uh, godly uh attractive attributes of Christianity is the fact that man, I'm not getting what I do deserve. Yeah. That's the mercy of God. And you might be listening to this and you're like, well, this first part of y'all's segment, y'all were not showing mercy. Yeah, we were. Yes, we were. And you might, and you're like, well, how? The Bible says to know those among you. We have to know these false teachers. We have to know what their strategies are. I mean, why would you think Peter said be ready to give a defense? Why does it say to be ready in and out of season? Why does Jude literally go out of his way to expose people and call them clouds without rain? Empty inside. So these things have to be said because Scripture says that if anyone preaches another gospel, they need to be accursed. So if anyone preaches another gospel, we got to know. Why do you think in Acts 15 when the Jerusalem Council got together, Paul was like, listen, these men down here are not preaching the gospel. They're talking about law and Jesus. We've got we've to figure something out to do with them. Why did Paul also say that those who go out may have never been with us in the first place? Why did Alexander and Hymenaeus, why did the Bible say that they were handed over to Satan? They were kicked out of the church because they were not preaching the gospel. Why did Paul write Corinthians and tell them to quit practicing incest and orgies? The things and decrees of God are in his word and we have to stand and say this is what God says. 1 John says test the spirits. So if something's not of the spirit of God, we've got to identify it. If 
people are out and they're living in a fantasy realm and they're addicted to drugs, pornography, books, movies, whatever, then we say, hey, friends, listen, this is what the Word of God says. We make that bold claim, but do you know what happens after that? We come back and say, hey, we're in this together. Let's do this. Let's let's move forward. Let's walk together hand in hand. Let's pray for those, right? And so while we were bold, we are yet merciful. And you're like, well, we don't know that. I'll say this. I know a young man that I tried to help get out of some some uh, indoctrinated teaching that he was exposed to his whole life that is potentially leading him to a prosperity way message. And during our conversation, I made that stand and said, Brother, this is what these texts mean. This is what the Word of God says. And I had to be bold. But after the conversation was over, I looked him in the face and I said, I love you. And that man, this that boy, till this day, I'm trying to help him, but also I'm able to show that gift of mercy to him and keep helping him. Why? Because if I'll do that, ultimately, it's going to point him to Christ. And if anyone's going to reveal to him his indoctrinated teachings that have been poured into him by men, it's God. It's yep. God's Word. That's exactly And right. so we have an opportunity to show this mercy on the people that are uh, over on the monkey bars, over on the other side of the playground, doing all sorts of spiritualism, religion, legalism, all this stuff. We can help them. But also, we can help those who are addicted or ignorant. They don't know that what they're doing is actually hurting them. Or we might be able to bring that darkness to light as the gospel exposes. Because I don't know about you all, but Israel had some secret sins, didn't they? Boy, Ezekiel saw them. And Ezekiel called them out, but also tried to show them that if they would turn back to God, they would receive his favor and his mercy. And I know today, maybe you're like, man, y'all have covered like so many different things in one time. But that's the results when you pursue worldly pleasure and worldly ways. And we just want to say that we love you. We are here for you. And if you're affected by any areas, please reach out because we'll help. Guys, do y'all have anything else to say? God bless. God All right. Bless. Hopefully next time Cody will be back. If not, we'll we'll continue through spiritual gifts. So, uh we got some big updates coming out soon, don't we? Ain't that right, Grant? Yeah. We got some good stuff. So we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.